Welcome to the Revolutionary Insights Podcast number 21. Uh, today's podcast is titled A Tale of Power. The, uh, we'll get that in just a second here. I'm going to tell a story about banana pudding. It's one of the things we're going to do, banana pudding and prison. Uh, yes, there was a time I was in prison. Uh, oh, wait a minute. No, wait a minute. I was teaching in prison. Don't get me wrong on that. I was teaching in prison. But anyway, uh, in the meantime, I'll do a little commercial for myself here. Don't forget to go to my site, revolutionaryinsights.com. Uh, you have three books you can order there. Go ahead and order all three of them. Uh, order three for your friends. Order three for your family. And uh, one book is The Prince Fort, which is a historical novel. So somebody who likes to read historical novels, they'll love the book. I also have the book Where's the Party. Uh, that book is going to uh, is, is about where the political parties stand in relation to the Ten Commandments. And then the final book is the uh, the new one that's coming out is the um, Inside the House of David, which is a commentary on Second uh, Samuel. Anyway, uh, and I have other the books will be coming out soon. Hopefully, I'm I'm still working on. I just got to got one pretty much uh, uh, all researched out and such. So it's just a matter of sitting down and uh, and writing it. Also have the rough copy ready. But anyway. Uh, let's go on. Let me tell you something else. Uh, also, you can, and today's podcast is going to be a little bit of a flavor of what somebody had requested. They requested I talk about the, uh, uh, about the what I call the panicademic, uh, COVID-19, and how these emergency powers by these governors is really unconstitutional. And that's been declared that by the courts. So I'm going to include a little bit of that in today's podcast just because it fits with the tale of power. Again, it's all about power and, and who, who wants it. So uh, anyway, that's what we're going to be talking about today. But I've, I went ahead and told you about that. I was, what I was, oh, oh, yeah, one other thing. Uh, our Facebook page. You can also go to our Facebook page, which is facebook.com slash billhawkins.revolutionaryinsights. That's facebook.com slash billhawkins.revolutionaryinsights. I know that's a long name, but uh, you know that's just the way it kind of worked out. Uh, I I was a teacher in the prison system in Florida. I taught in maximum security prison. Uh, the prison I taught at, uh, this is how it was explained to a group of people doing a tour one day. The uh, people asked what uh, what level it was, and so the, uh, the the guide who was a correctional officer told them that it was a uh, a maximum security prison. And so they said, is the, uh, it doesn't compare with the Florida State Prison up in Stark where they had the uh, electric chair. And he said, well, when they can't deal with their prisoners uh, because they're being too difficult, they send them to, uh, to, to Martin. That's where I worked, Martin. And the person said, what happens if Martin can't, can't handle them? They said, we send them back up to Florida State. You know, it goes back and forth, I guess. But to give you an example, uh, my aides that I had working for me in the education department where I was teaching history, they were, uh, well, they were in for murder and some atrocious murders at that. Uh, matter of fact, some of them were notorious. Some of them, one of them even had a, uh, there was a TV show that uh, was about, not about his crime, but about what he did in prison as far as being what we called in prison system a legal beagle. So anyway, let's get up here and, and talk about something that happened when I was first started working in the prison system. And the reason I'm going to tell this is because I want to ask you a question first. How easy are you to manipulate? Me personally, I hate to be manipulated, but people are manipulated all the time. 
Now, it could be a spouse, could be a girlfriend, could be a boyfriend that's manipulating you by, you know, uh, shame, guilt, whatever it might be, uh, you know, trying to make you feel like if you don't do something for them, that you're not worthy of their love, for example. That's one way people are manipulated. Another way people can be manipulated is uh, by, well, obviously by peer pressure. You know, when you're in school, you're thinking, well, once I get out of school, I won't have to deal with peer pressure anymore. You know what? You have to deal with peer pressure all your life. People are going to be pressuring you to conform. Now, when they're trying to get you to conform, most of the time, they're not trying to get you to conform to something that's good. Usually what they're trying to do is get you to conform to something that you know is wrong, but we do it anyway because we want to fit in. So there's that kind of uh, manipulation. Uh, The news media does it all the time. Um, they will manipulate you into thinking, feeling a certain way. And to use manipulation, it really has to deal with a lot of with the emotions. So if, and the other part of manipulation, by the way, is how important is it for you to be cool? I think that's a big part of the problem in America today is everybody's trying to be cool. The problem is who sets the standard for what is cool? Well, the standard for what is uh, cool is set by the trendsetters. It's by culture. And the culture that we have that's dominant in this country is the culture that comes out of Hollywood. There's people in Hollywood that are actually conservative, but they're afraid to come out and admit it. Because if they do, then that peer pressure, then that manipulation will start and they will destroy their careers. They will try to destroy their careers. Uh, it's a sad commentary on what goes on in uh, in Hollywood, but they set set our trend, they set our our standards, our values, and such, which is bad because they really don't have any standards or values in Hollywood. You know, we see the kind of filth that comes out of there. It's also our peer pressure comes from the media when they tell us what we're supposed to think, what we're supposed to believe, what the cool thing is. So if you are a person that's susceptible to wanting to be cool, then you're going to be easy to manipulate because you don't want to, you don't want to offend people. And so what ends up happening is people that tell us they're offended by the stupidest things, all of a sudden, oh my gosh, I don't want to offend you. So therefore, we're going to change our total belief system so that we don't offend somebody who's got some kind of crazy idea out there. And I could give you examples, but I think you can, matter of fact, when I said that, you probably thought of an example in your own mind. So, yeah, if you're going to be the type of person that's going to be easily offended, that matter of fact, that's the only kind of person that really offends me. I'm easily offended by a person who is easily offended. So, therefore, if somebody gets offended around me, I would demand an apology. <laughs> that's, that should be a way that it, that it works. That's how silly it is. But anyway, about this whole thing about manipulation, I'm going to tell you the story of what happened when I first started teaching the prison system. Before you actually go in among the inmates, especially at a maximum security prison, they, they have an orientation uh, for the new staff members. So, but when I first went in there and they told us in the orientation, they said, uh, they said, you got to be very careful, careful about being manipulated because these are master manipulators they will try to get you to do things and once they get you to do things something that that the that you know is wrong then they've got you because then they can keep on manipulating go further and further do you remember that woman that was in the uh well i can't remember the state i think it was new york where there was a prison breakout there was two guys that broke out of prison they end up killing other people and uh, she, it turned out that she was the one that had given them the, the, the way to get out of the prison. They had helped them to get out of the prison. I don't remember the entire story, 
But as soon as I heard about that, I knew she had been manipulated. And I had, so here's what happened when I was, when I first started working in prison. I'm sitting at my desk and I have this, um, I have this, this guy, this inmate, he came up and he sat down there at the, uh, at the chair, on his chair at the desk. And he said, uh, I was eating banana pudding. It was lunchtime. So I was eating my banana pudding because I had to eat it at the desk. Uh, if I had inmates in there, we had to keep be monitoring them. So he started telling me how much he loved banana pudding. And he said, asked me, he said, is that good banana pudding? I said, oh, yeah, it's real good. It's my wife made it. It's really delicious. And he said, we can't get banana pudding in here. Well, I, I felt bad for the guy. I thought, well, that's that's sad because I love banana pudding. And he said, uh, he said, boy, he said, if I could just have a little bit of banana pudding. And I said, well, and I thought to myself, you know, I am a really, I'm a nice guy. I mean, some of you might might not agree with that out there because you might agree with my political opinion. But really, just because you disagree with my political opinion doesn't mean that I'm not a nice guy. And I want to help people. I want to make people feel better and such. And so this guy was telling me how much he liked banana pudding. I'm thinking, well, should I, what do I do here? Do I give him banana pudding or not? Because he was asking for some. And I told him, I said, and it was hard for me. It was really difficult because we're so used to, in society, in regular society, to helping people out. If they ask for something, you, you give it to them. You know, if it's in your power, and that was within my power. And so I said, well, I can't give you banana pudding. He said, well, you don't have to give me any of that. He said, but next time your wife makes banana pudding, can you have her make an extra bowl for me? And, man, I wanted to say yes, but I said, no, nah, I can't do that. You know, because... I believed what they told me about if I gave in to what this inmate wanted, that he would continue to manipulate me until he got me in a compromising position where I could lose my job or lose my freedom. You know, who knows? I might go to prison uh, for if I did something like that uh, once he continues to manipulate the situation. So I said no. And so he left. Well, it was about two weeks later, I walked into uh, another office, and on the file cabinets, guess what I see? I see a big old tray of banana pudding. And it was set on top so that the person who made the banana pudding didn't say, well, you know, didn't have to say, well, I gave it to him. But I knew what was going on. I knew that he had gone in, he had talked to this woman who was a secretary, he had made her feel sorry, made her feel bad. He had manipulated her, so she brought in a banana pudding. And I thought to myself, well, how long until she gets escorted out? Well, it was actually about three months until she got escorted out. She got escorted out because things had escalated. And in the prison system, not only do they have to watch the inmates, they have to watch the staff because staff will do things wrong. And so she did. She actually was a sad thing uh, because she got involved with the this inmate in a way she should not have. And uh, he manipulated her. And as a result, she lost her job. Um, and so really, that was a good lesson for me to show that this is that what they said is true if you're manipulated. So speaking of being manipulated, let's tell you who kind of manipulates the pe people today. Like I said, it's Hollywood. And a lot of it is also uh, the media. The media is going to manipulate people. And that's where I get to today's, uh, today's uh, podcast subject, which is a telepower. The last four years, when Donald Trump was president of the United States, the media often tried to paint him as a danger because they claimed that he wanted to be a dictator. 
And uh, if you want to fall in line with the Democrat Party and if you believe the Democrat Party's talking points, that's one thing they try to do. They try to manipulate people by instilling fear, saying that Donald Trump is going to be another Hitler. And if you listen to Hollywood, listen to a lot of these comedians, for example, they're out there saying these things. Now, they're not being funny when they're saying this. They're just saying, came out there and they were saying that uh, how bad that uh, Trump was. He wanted to be a Hitler, that he wanted to take over the, this country. There was a danger. If you remember, back whenever the uh, Democrats stole the election, and matter of fact, if you even say that nowadays, what does the left try to do? They try to censor you from saying that. They don't offer the, uh, they don't combat the truth. They don't say, well, let's see the evidence. Let's, we'll prove the evidence wrong. They say, let's not see the evidence and then shut you up. That right there should tell you something about there's something behind this whole thing about the Democrats doing the election. But when that happened, people thought that Trump was going to call out the National Guard, for example kind of like what Democrats have done. And he's going to put walls around the White House and around the Capitol building and put barbed wire fence on top of them, uh, kind of like what Democrats have done. Uh, that That's what he was going to do, and that he was going to stay in power and he was going to become dictator. Well, that's what the left tried to make you believe. But what they failed to realize, well, excuse me, they didn't fail to realize this. They do know this. These people are about manipulation and power. They don't care what the truth is, because the truth is that Donald Trump believes in the Constitution of the United States. The Constitution of the United States limits the power of the executive. The entire time Donald Trump was president, he understood that the power of the executive was limited. He did not try to force his, his own personal belief of what was right and wrong onto situa into situations that the Constitution did not hit, give him the power or the authority to do so. Now, if he had the power and authority to do so, we all know that Donald Trump was not afraid to share his opinions. But he did not put force behind those opinions in the sense of where, for example, the cities are burning in Minneapolis or Portland or wherever else. Uh, and he could have sent troops in and said, you know, this is ridiculous. You local people, you local mayors who are Democrats, by the way, you're allowing this to happen. There is all kinds of property damage here. People are living in fear because of what the Democrats are allowing. So therefore, I'm going to send the troops in, even though I don't have the constitutional authority to do that, to put this thing down because it's up to the states to protect their own people. And the president is actually limited on what he can do as far as military force within the United States. Well, Donald Trump did not do what the left kept on saying he was going to do. They were just trying to instill fear into people. So let's look at to see who is really behind all this power. Let's pause. Let's step back and discover what we can through observation, not necessarily just for, through theory, but through observation of how both parties behave when it comes to using the power to dictate to the people. Let's use actual events, evidence of rules made and powers invoked, as opposed, like I said, to mere rhetoric. We can arrive at rhetoric. We can arrive at the truth if we look at what is the evidence out there that is not an evidence of theory, but an evidence of fact that you can look at. Now, Biden assumed office the president, lawfully or not. We at least now have a little bit of his record compared to Trump and a bomber's record to see what they did in, uh, in office. So when it comes to the Constitution, rhetoric on both sides, they both say this, they both say that they, they esteem the Constitution and they reverence it. However, what do their actions say? Now, like I said, President Trump recognized the division of powers that's in the Constitution. There's three branches of government. You have the, the executive, 
headed by the president. You have the legislative, which is your Senate and is your House of Representatives. And you also have your judicial, which is the Supreme Court. Those are your three branches of government. And they share power. They share power between that government, which is, which is pretty much known as the federal government, the national government. You also, they share power according to the Constitution with the state governments. And this is the one they seem to forget. They also share power with the people. The, the um, power is not specifically granted, according to the Constitution, power is not specifically granted to the federal national government or to the state governments is reserved to the people. And you know what? The Constitution is very concerted. They don't grant a whole lot of power to the federal government. They don't grant a whole lot of power to the state governments. The power mainly is going to rest in the people. And it's time we understand that. We have, a, we have a right to stand up against what our government is doing when our government is wrong. And so let's, let's look at, uh, see how the, the, uh, the parties think about that, for example. Uh, when it comes to riots and violence, when they erupt in cities across the, the, uh, the country, like I said, Trump could have set, set in the troops, but he didn't do that. Uh, those cities were run by Democrat leaders. They did not request it. For him to be able to send in troops, they have to request it. They did not request it. So, by the way, did you notice at the same time these Democrat cities, and there's still a lot of them are burning today, did you notice Republican cities were not burning? Now, why was that? Because the Republican leaders, the Republican uh, mayors, were not going to put up with this violence that was senseless, that was destroying people's personal property, that was destroying lives. Now, I say destroying lives, not just because my amount of loss or business. People were being killed in these cities. Now, if this is going to happen in a Republican-led city, it was put down. It was put down by the local, the local forces. So, President Trump recognized those divisions. Now, why was it, why was it that these, these Democrat cities were allowed to burn? The left argued that Republicans used strong-arm tactics to put down peaceful demonstrations and are racist to boot. You know, we're race, supposed to be racist, which is not true, but that's what the left is always saying out there, and people who are easily manipulated by it. If you think Republicans are racist, you are a person that is easy to manipulate. Let me repeat that. If you are a person that thinks Republicans or all white people are racist, then you are a person that is easily to manipulate. And you're being manipulated by the Democrats, by the left-wing media, you know, by the, by the left here. So, if that's the case, and it's not the case, but if, since it's not the case, since the uh, Republicans didn't use strong-arm tactics to put down the, uh, to put down the, uh, these rebellions, if you will, these riots that were going on in these Democrat cities, and they didn't. Since they didn't do that, uh, there has to be a better and more truthful explanation. Peaceful demonstrations did not leave billions of dollars worth of damage, burned cities, and dead bodies in their wake. Republicans believe that the main purpose of government is to protect those people that cannot protect themselves. The riots of 2020 are prime examples of that. Now, in Democrat cities, people that could not protect themselves, well, you're just you know, tough out of luck, okay? Uh, Republican cities wasn't the case. They sent in the police. They sent in whoever they had to, National Guard if they had to, to put down any kind of right that was not legal. And there are, uh, you had the right to peaceably assemble. Did you notice the word peaceably? That's in the Constitution. You have the right to peaceably assemble. By the way, this COVID thing is trying to take that right away, but let's go back to this thing about peaceably assemble. 
you do not have the right to riot, not like the way that they have been doing in these Democrat cities. So when Obama was president, he blamed law enforcement for the riots. Do you remember Ferguson, Missouri? You know, the whole hands up, which wasn't true. That was a lie that was perpetuated by the left, by the media, and by the Democrats. It is a lie. It's not true. Now, if you're getting mad because I'm calling that a lie, instead of getting mad at me, why don't you look for the truth for a, cha uh, for a change? Why don't you stop being manipulated and look for the truth? The truth is out there. Um, the same thing happened uh, with this Breonna Taylor. You know, look for the truth. The media will manipulate you. Now, if you are sitting there, like I said, if you're getting mad, get mad. don't get mad at me. Get mad at yourself and get mad at the media, yourself, for allowing yourself to be manipulated and the media for always manipulating you and getting you to think a certain way when it's not even based on truth. So here's the reason why the Democrats allow this to happen. They've, uh, why do they allow their cities to burn? They've kind of painted themselves into a corner because they want to transform this country into a socialist utopia. There's no such thing, but you can't tell them that. They think, well, it's just not been done right yet. We're going to do it right this time. It's never happened anywhere in history. Uh, but they're going to, they think they can do it better. That's why they're trying to go through this, this method now, which is combining capitalism with uh, socialism. It's kind of like, uh, that's, by the way, that's called fascism. But that's what they're trying to do now. So to achieve this, to, to, uh, to achieve this idea of creating a socialist utopia in the United States, they first have to sow division, and they have to make people believe that they're the victims of the system. You understand that? You have to, they have to sow division, and they have to make people believe that they're victims. Now, they define that as the Judeo-Christian ethic and conservatism. So they say that uh, anything that is Christian is bad, and people who are conservatives, and conservatism is pretty much based on a lot of the Judeo-Christian ethic, they say this stuff is bad. So therefore, we've got to destroy these things. And what they do by allowing wrongly defined victims to riot, because there's people that are rioting, not victims. When they do that and they allow that to happen, they sow division and they encourage an overthrow of what is the existing order. Now, the existing order is defined by the Constitution, is conservative, and it's based on Judeo-Christian ethics. Since the Constitution is conservative and based on Judeo-Christian ethic, do you think the Democrats really love it like they say they do? No, that's rhetoric. They do not love it. Not at all. Matter of fact, they're out seeking to destroy it. Um, so, order is kept by law enforcement. Therefore, law enforcement must be demonized as an oppressor to, start, to spark violence and confrontation in these wherever. They start in the cities because the cities are, are controlled by the Democrats. You know, eventually, you know, it's coming to your door. You know, Dan Bongino, who does a great podcast, as he said, you, it's coming to your door eventually, and it will come to your door eventually. You've got to decide, am I going to allow myself to continue to be manipulated by people who are lying to me, or am I going to seek out the truth? Yeah, I would think that would be easy to answer. Unfortunately, sometimes it takes people a while to accept that they've been manipulated because they don't want to admit it. Now, when Obama was president, like I said, those, those riots going on in Ferguson, remember, who did he blame? He blamed the police first. But another way of determining who is more apt to abuse power between the, the Democrats and Republicans is to look at the governors and look at how these governors and other officials have handled this uh, COVID-19 panic, this panic-demic. Um, 
Democrat governors responded with emergency orders, pretty much that's going to enslave the people with such restrictions and businesses. Uh, Their businesses failed, mental health declined in this country, people were prevented from making a living for their families, and the courts consistently ruled that the policies of Democrat governors was unconstitutional. Now, did Republican governors do this also? Yeah, some in the beginning, some of the Republican governors fell in line. And I would argue the reason why they did was peer pressure because the media was out there saying this was so horrid. This was so going to be so bad that millions of people are going to die from this. That's what the media was saying. If you remember, the, the, the original estimate, estimation of people being uh, dying from COVID-19 was like 2 million people. People and the way the media was portraying this, it was almost like a zombie apocalypse. You know, we expected people to start walking around, you know, trying to eat brains. You know, this was one reason why it didn't it wasn't really a problem in Washington. So there doesn't seem to be a lot of brains there to, to begin with, especially when the Democrats. Like I said, you look at what's happened. Now these Democrat governors have kept these restrictions on. The Republican states have opened back up. You know, the ones that, and some of the Republican states didn't even shut down to begin with. Like for example, South Dakota, they didn't shut down at all. Uh, another country that, and the left likes to think they're socialists. They're not really socialists. The country of Sweden never shut down, and there's been no difference in what happens in these in these states or these these countries that shut down or don't shut down. It's just a way of destroying the economy. It's a way of controlling people. It's a way of seeing how we how how easy is it to manipulate people by scaring them. And I think the United States, we have discovered that it's been pretty daggone easy to manipulate the American people. And that's a sad thing to say. There was a time when we were a people of individualism, hardy individualism, and we stood up for what was right and what was wrong. That time seems to have passed. And it's all because people are willing to be manipulated. Um, the, the, the Look at the, this quote. This is a quote from the Michigan governor, uh, Gretchen Whitmer. Now, I'm going to break down this quote when I, after I, I, I give it to you here. But uh, she's a Democrat. She's a far-left Democrat. And so this is what she had to say. Quote, We need this transition period to protect the 830,000 Michigan workers and families who are depending on unemployment benefits to pay their bills and put food on the table and to protect Michiganders everywhere who are counting on their leaders to protect them. Unquote. Okay, I'm going to break down the quote, that quote down for you. I'm going to show you how that is the type of person that believes in power, centralized power, and that's a person who's a whole lot more dangerous to become a dictator someday than a person like Donald Trump. Yep. Now listen to this quote here. Now this quote, the reason why she was saying it is because her laws, that her executive orders that she put out, her emergency declaration she put out, was declared unconstitutional. Now, if I, if I, as a conservative, if I was a governor and I found out that the courts declared one of my laws unconstitutional, one of the, my executive orders, excuse me, see, I'm getting confused there by saying laws. Laws are supposed to be something that's made by the legislature, not the executive. But we're going to see how the executive, whether it be the president, whether it be the, uh, the governor's how that they are creating laws, if you will, and they don't even have that constitutional authority to do so. But anyway, back to this whole thing. The, the Supreme Court uh, there in Michigan declared her laws unconstitutional. Now, if it's done to a Republican, I would think, oh my gosh, I don't have the power to do that. Therefore, if it's unconstitutional, I cannot continue to, to uh, keep that power in place, that, that rule, that executive order in place. It's already been declared unconst- unconstitutional. 
but not Gretchen Whitmer. No. She says, okay, it's unconstitutional, but we can't end it just yet. We've got to wait 21 days before we end this. We need to have a transition period between my unconstitutional law that she created, her executive order, her emergency power. She wanted a 21-day uh, extension on her unconstitutional act before she was going to allow the court to say it was needs to be no longer enforced. <laughs> okay, so let's look at this for a second. Let's break down this quote to see the difference between the conser- what conservatives believe and the left. The transition period, like I said she's talking about, is that court ruling. To a conservative, no transition period is needed when those actions have already been declared illegal. You know, it's kind of like saying you need to quit killing people. Well, okay, I'll quit killing people, but I need a 21-day transition period before I actually do it. You know, they, people say, well, it's unconstitutional. You can't kill these people. It's unconstitutional. Well, we need a transition period of 21 days so we can kill a few more off just in case. Now, that's just how absurd it is. Now, that's a extreme example of, uh, of analogy, if you will, of, of a comparison here. But still, yet, yeah, it's, it's the same difference. In other words, you're still ignoring something that's been declared unconstitutional. That's what she was doing. So uh, she said that. Uh, she said that uh, um, she, well, she, just, she defied the courts, what she did. She was defying the courts and saying that her actions, although illegal, are needed. Now, her actions, although illegal, are needed. That's what she was saying. Kind of the, that's what a Democrat says. Even though what I'm doing is wrong, we need to do it anyway. You know, that's not what a Republican says, what the Democrat said. That sounds more like a dictator than anything Trump ever did or even ever said. She then called 830,000 people affected by her illegal orders. She calls them workers. Now, have you ever noticed how often Democrats use the language of the Communist Manifesto? The Communist Manifesto called people workers. And the Democrat Party, if you even look in their party platform, look how often the word workers is in there. Because they have taken up Marxism. That's the Democrat Party has taken up Marxism. Uh, so people are not workers. They're people. You're right. You don't do your job because, you know, you love your job so much. If you love your job, great. But you do your job to provide for your family. You know, you work to make, to, to, to uh, be able to not only provide for your family, but to be able to use the fruits of your labors for something that's going to hopefully build up your family, build yourself up to make your life better. That's the reason why you do it. Now, that's not according to the reason toward the way that the Democrats think. They think, well, you're a worker. That's all you are to them is a worker because workers will give them taxes and give them money through your work. That's why they keep on trying to take more of it. Work harder so we can get more in taxes, pretty much what they seem to be saying. So she said those workers were depending on the government to put food on the table. All the while, those people will prefer to work to put food on their own tables by their own efforts, and not to depend on the government to do so. And interestingly, this was a condition. The reason why these people were on unemployment was because Miss Whitmer put them out of their jobs. You know, it's kind of like saying, okay, you are no longer can have your job, and you need to go on unemployment. And so now we got to continue to keep these illegal activities going on, and we need to continue to keep you from working so we can pay you unemployment. Let me ask you a quick question. Who's your boss? Your boss is the person who signs your paycheck. If the government is signing your paycheck through unemployment or whatever else, 
then guess who your boss is? Now, doesn't mean anybody collecting unemployment is bad and is doing the wrong thing here. I mean, by golly, you paid into it, didn't you? So if you can get something out of it, go ahead and get something out of it. But she is wanting to to put people down and keep people down in an illegal manner longer than what is necessary, and it wasn't even necessary in the first place. So she goes on to say that, that the reason her illegal directives were needed was to protect Michiganders everywhere from COVID-19, implying that people are not able to protect themselves and they need their government leaders to protect them from what has turned out to be nothing more than a bad, a bad strain of the flu, to be honest with you. Now, they exaggerate the numbers. It makes it sound like it's so much worse than what it is. Uh, how can you believe what the government is telling you when somebody who dies in a motorcycle wreck is, called, is said that they die of COVID? You know, people, somebody dies of a heart attack. Oh, that's COVID-related. Therefore, it's a COVID. Oh, my gosh. Somebody died of cancer, uh, but they had COVID, so therefore, it's a COVID death. That's what the, how the media and that's how the government, uh, that's how the CDC was counting these numbers to inflate them, to give them supposedly the right to go in and take people's jobs away from them, to have people go bankrupt and take your freedoms away from you and require you to wear a mask into a restaurant. You walk into the restaurant, wear a mask, you sit down, you take the mask off, you know. I hold my breath if I need to, if I thought it was that bad. But, to, but let's go back to this whole thing about the government trying to protect you. If every time somebody sneezed, we had to go through a government shutdown, and it's pretty much what that seems like it is right now. I did an article, a sports article, about how much have college athletes been affected by COVID. Do you know how many deaths we've had by COVID in, among college athletes? Zero. Zero deaths whether it be football, whether it be basketball. You know how many people got sick? Actually, I can't even find those numbers. I did look for those numbers, but they're, you know, maybe it's because they're not high enough. Maybe that's why they, they didn't put those numbers out. But, uh, you know, the teams I follow, people would get sick, but they would get sick, and a lot of times they call them false positives. They were supposed to be, they're supposed to be uh, sick, and so they shut down and went on to play games, but they didn't even get sick. They had no symptoms of it. And some people got sick. Some people did. Some of these athletes got sick. And it was kind of like a flu. Now, are we going to shut down this world for the flu? Democrats will, because Democrats did. Now, people say, well, COVID-19 is real. Yeah, COVID-19 is real. I'm not saying it's not real. Do people die from it? Yes, they die from it. Do people die from the flu? Yes, they die from the flu. Do people die at a greater rate from COVID-19 than they do from anything else? No, they don't. The government tries to make it look that way when they count these numbers. But again, every heart attack, every person dies of cancer, every person that dies on a motorcycle wreck, and they count that as COVID, somebody's fudging the numbers here. You're being manipulated. And if you're easy to manipulate, then you're going to be mad at me right now. If you're mad at me right now, consider that as definition of somebody who is easy to manipulate. I'm not the one trying to manipulate you here because I'm telling you the truth about these matters. Other people, maybe they're the ones manipulating you, but... The bad, sad thing is, is when these, when Christians, now a lot of conservatives are Christians, but when Christians are falling for this, you know, God says, fear not, you know, and what is happening? You are fearing something that is being hoisted upon you as a panic-demic when it really is not a pandemic. I call it, that's why I call it a panic-demic. So, she goes on to say that the reason her illegal activities are needed, like I said, is protect these Michiganders. Uh, again, saying that people can't protect themselves. What did we used to do before? If somebody was, if we were sick, we didn't go into work. If we were sick and went into work, people stayed away from them. 
You know, we didn't go around wearing masks. We didn't go around six feet from each other. Now, we would do that on our own. If I was walking down the street and I saw somebody look like they were sick, you know, sneezing and everything everywhere, and they were coughing and like they're going to cough up a lung or something, you know, I'd go around them and I wouldn't get that close to them. I was actually able to regulate my own health because I was responsible for my health. You're not responsible for my health. That's another way they manipulate you. That's what socialism says. Socialism says you're responsible for your, for your brother. That's not what the Bible says. I am not my brother's keeper, according to the Bible. And that's what, uh, when Cain said that to God, God didn't argue with him because it's true. We are responsible for ourselves. Be responsible for yourself. And instantly, something else the Democrats do is they say, well, you're not a response to yourself. You're not responsible for your actions. It's your environment. The, your environment created who you are. No, your environment didn't create you who you are. You created who you are. We have choices. We can allow our environment, a bad environment we might be grow up in, but doesn't mean we have to become part of that. You know, we, there's all kinds of stories about people who overcame their situations, and you can overcome your situation. There's nothing saying that you've got to be a product of your environment. If you are, then you are being manipulated by that environment, and you're allowing it to uh, you're allowing it to happen. So the numbers again, like I say, do not support the panic that was hoisted on America. And was created by the media and a political party who would use that manufactured panic to oust a president they hated. That was the purpose behind it, to oust a president they hated. The economy was roaring under Trump. Therefore, they had to destroy the economy. Also, they couldn't beat him at the ballot poll without cheating. Therefore, they had to start doing all this mail-in balloting. And if you look at the numbers that the media and the left and YouTube and everybody else does not want us to talk about, if you look at those numbers, you're going to find out that Biden did not win this election. He is, And so... It's going to be very difficult for a conservative to ever win another election if we're going to let the Democrats and the left to, to steal the election. And even if you, are a, if you are a liberal, if you're a Democrat, and you're not a Democrat like a leftist Democrat like a lot of these out there are. Just say you're, you are a classic liberal Democrat. That right there should scare you enough to say this is wrong. We need to look in this. Even if that meant that somebody that you're supposed to hate, according to the media and according to the left, is somebody you're supposed to hate is, is going to become the president again. You know? Because you got to go back. Why do I hate him? You hate him because you've been manipulated by the media and by the left and by the Democrats to hate him based on not by what he did, but what they say he was going to do, like become a Hitler. He was not the one who was out for all this power. So in actions, like I said, Trump did not abuse power. Everything he did was within the Constitution and never failed to honor the verdict of a court. He never failed to honor the verdict of a court. Now, he would go back to court and appeal and stuff like that. But he never just ignored it like Gretchen Whitmer did in Michigan or try, has continued to try to do. Uh, Democrats, they've gone across the nation, have done this across the nation by, by trying to keep their illegal directives in place even after they are declared unconstitutional. So one last thing I want to talk about how that the use and abuse of executive is the use of, abuse of executive orders. Excuse me. Got me kind of riled up here. Executive orders is where a president will then order something to be done, and it has the force of law. It's not done through the legislature, but it is something that they can do. The closest thing America has to dictatorial powers from our president is the use of the executive order, uh, which he can't issue directly, effectively making laws outside the authority of the legislative branch. 
So here's the numbers of the last six presidents in their first month in office. The higher the number, the more they have used this near dictatorial power. The last uh, six, obviously we're going to start with Biden. This is this, just the first month. I'm not talking about up to date now. I mean, this is a lot higher now. Just his first month in office. Biden, a Democrat, issued 22 executive orders. Trump, the Republican, issued seven. Obama, the Democrat, issued nine executive orders. George W. Bush, the Republican, issued two. Clinton, Democrat, issued two. George H. Bush, the Republican, issued one. Reagan, another Republican, issued one. So, Tell me again which president and which party uses more executive orders to circumvent the legislative branch to use this near dictatorial power. The four Republicans use a total of 11 executive orders, while the three Democrats use a whopping 33. 11 and 33. 33 by three Democrats, 11 by four Republicans. That averages 2.75 for Republicans and 11 for Democrats. And incidentally, by the way, the record holder for the number of executive orders uh, in his term belongs to Democrat Franklin Delano Roosevelt, who issued his 12 years in office, he issued 3,728 executive orders. And he was the closest thing we ever got to a uh, dictator was, uh, was Roosevelt. Now, he's the one that threatened to expand the Supreme Court if he didn't get his way. Same thing the Democrats are, are uh, talking about today. So therefore, which party, based on the riots, COVID-19, and executive orders is more likely to wield their power haphazardly and in a dictatorial fashion? The Democrat Party has by far demonstrated a more dangerous abuse of power and a greater willingness to ignore the Constitution. Let me repeat that. Let's look back at that again. Like I said, the riots. The riots going on in these Democrat cities. The Democrats are allowing it. The Republicans did not. COVID-19. The Democrat uh, states have went through more severe lockdowns than what the Republican states did. The Republican states that did have a lockdown, they pulled that off, like, for example, Florida. They took those lockdowns uh, those away. They opened up their economies again. The Democrat cities, like the one, uh, states, like the one I live in, Virginia, still has not lifted these all these restrictions. And Virginia's not the only one. These Democrat states from around the country, California, uh, they've done this, the same thing. They keep on these restrictions. They keep this, this power because the governor, one person says, we need to do this. Now he says, I have advice, but yeah, the advice from other leftists like him. So that the executive orders also, the executive orders, look at that. How many were, were done by the Democrats? How many by the Republicans? Biden did what three times more executive orders than Trump, and Trump was supposed to be the danger. Trump didn't even reach the level of Obama in his first month in office. You know, my goodness. So when it comes to this, look at those three observable facts that we can look at: how they treated the riots, how they de dealt with COVID nineteen, and how they issue executive orders. The the party that has abused those powers is not the Republican Party, and was not Trump. It was, it is the Democrat Party, and it was Obama, and it is especially Biden. So next time somebody tries to say that Republicans just want to take over this country and form a dictatorship, you know, you've been manipulated if you believe it. Don't allow yourself to be manipulated.
please do the right thing. So anyway, thank you for listening today to this podcast. I hope you enjoyed it. I know it turned out to be a lot longer, but my golly, it would need to be done. So uh, enjoy the rest of your day. Don't forget to visit my website, revolutionaryinsights.com. Send me a message, Bill Hawkins, or revolutionaryinsights.com through email. And I'll be happy to, uh, well, like this one was part of this was part of a, uh, uh, of a, uh, message I got. Somebody asked me to do a podcast on this. So you have a very good day.